Chatting online is seldom considered as a method for learning Chinese, but it has several unique benefits. While generally regarded as a frivolous waste of time, text-based chatting has a place in even the most serious learning strategy. Hello and welcome to the Hacking Chinese podcast. In this week's episode, which will be the last for 2023, we will discuss online text-based chatting as a tool for learning Chinese. Even if you haven't given this topic much thought, I think you can probably come up with some reasons why text-based chatting is useful. But in this episode, I want to show that it's more useful than most learners think, and that it is a serious method for learning to read and write Chinese. To put it briefly, chatting and texting combine the communicative aspects of conversations while still offering some of the advantages of the written language, such as the ease of looking things up, time to think before you reply, and the option to review the exchange later. And just to be clear before we move on, I'm talking about text-based chatting here, so you're either typing on your computer or maybe on your phone. I'm not talking about voice conversations, but I do have a separate episode where I talk about that, called "Using Voice Messaging as a Stepping Stone to Chinese Conversations," and that was episode 60. If you want to check it out, and as usual, I'll put links in the show notes. I will mention voice messaging in this episode too, but it's mostly then about chatting using text messages of various kinds. So, without further ado, here are 12 reasons why chatting is underrated as a tool to learn Chinese. Number one, it is communicative. The purpose of language is, after all, to allow us to communicate with other people. And even if other forms of writing can be communicative as well, they are rarely as immediately communicative, and they don't feel as communicative as chatting does. For example, writing an email to someone is certainly also communicative, but if you expect a reply in hours or days, that is not as communicative as expecting a response in seconds or minutes. Other forms of writing might be even less communicative. So, if you write a blog post and you publish it online, you don't really know if anybody will read this or if they will respond. And of course, you are still communicating, but it doesn't necessarily feel like that. Or if you're writing a diary entry with the intention of never showing it to anyone, well, it could be argued you're communicating with yourself. But I think we can all agree that this is quite different from being engaged in a text conversation online. Number two, it is meaning-focused. Much of Chinese writing practice is done for no other purpose than to improve your Chinese, and we can include several of the examples I just mentioned, or anything that you write in class. Maybe you write a little short story for your teacher or a self-presentation. But the goal is actually to practice the language, not to convey information, and so these exercises are rarely meaning-focused, or at least not very meaning-focused. When chatting online, your ultimate goal might be to improve your Chinese, of course. But in the conversation itself, the goal is usually to convey something interesting you have to say or understand something interesting that somebody else writes to you. It is not to practice a specific word or use a certain grammar pattern. I have talked a lot about meaning-focused learning on the podcast recently, and to get the basic introduction to what that is and how it fits in with other things you might want to do to learn Chinese, well, you can check last week's episode, or you can check out episode ninety-four where I talked about Paul Nation's four strands. Moving on to number three, bite-sized writing. So getting started with writing in Chinese can feel very daunting, especially if you are a beginner. 
You might try writing a diary entry or a blog post or something like that, but you get stuck on the first sentence because you don't know if it's correct and you need to look up many words and then you kind of get stuck. One of the problems here is that you might have bitten off a little bit more than you can chew. And then text-based online chatting is perfect. You're not expected to write an essay, send it and then get a response. But instead you write a phrase or a sentence at a time, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And there is no pressure to perform or write a certain length or anything like that. Next up is number four, time to think. Everything goes very fast in a spoken conversation and you rarely have time to think about what the other person is saying or indeed what you want to say in response. But when you do this in an online text chat, you do have extra time to think both about what the other person has said and what you are going to say. This extra time is useful both from an emotional point of view, it's less stressful if you do have extra time, and from a cognitive point of view, because you are able to process the language differently if you have extra time. Naturally, many things are different between spoken and written language, so you cannot use this as a direct way of practicing spoken conversations, but many things also remain the same. For example, most words are used the same, and the grammar remains the same, and so on. And this extra time then gives you more time to process this. If you do want to focus more on the spoken language directly, you can check out that article I mentioned about using voice messaging, because it has many of the same benefits. Moving on to number five, bite-sized reading. And yes, chatting online in text is bite-sized writing, but of course you also need to read what the other person is typing to you. Facing a wall of Chinese text can be rather daunting, even if you are a more advanced student, and then breaking up the reading into smaller but still meaningful chunks in a chat conversation is awesome. This is not the only kind of reading that you need, but it is a good way to get started and it's better to do something than nothing. If you want to cover more text, you need extensive reading, and this is difficult to get in a conversation because you have to stop every few minutes or so and wait for a response, so this is not to compare with, say, graded readers, but it is a good way to get some reading done, especially at a beginner level. Number six, text-based chatting online shows you colloquial language in written form. This is a unique advantage to text-based chatting online. There are many words and phrases that are usually only used in spoken Chinese, and if you read your textbook or even a novel or something else, these expressions and words will not be used. But they are typically used when you chat, and thereby you can access them more directly in a text form. The advantage here is that they can be very difficult to hear, and you might not notice them if you're just listening, it's just something you didn't understand. But when you see them written down, and you have this extra time we talked about earlier, you can look them up and you can actually learn them. And this would be difficult then in a fast-paced conversation. While I said that this is a unique advantage of text-based chatting, there is another way you can access similar benefits, actually, and that is reading comics. Because in comics, people usually write out colloquial language, including sound effects and things like that, which are also very rare to see in writing. But I do think that if you want the colloquial language, actually chatting with people is a great way to access that. Next, we have number seven, which is somewhat related, and that is a chance to spot elusive words. As I think many of you will have experienced already, it is possible to miss common words and expressions when listening, even if they are present in the input. This is not at all strange, considering how complex listening comprehension is and how many things we need to do at once to understand what someone says to us. And if you want to know more about that, we talked about it in the series Beyond Timbodong, and as usual, I'll put links in the show notes. 
The point is that there are many words and phrases that you've heard a lot of times without noticing them, and once you've seen them written down, you will then also start hearing them. And that is not because everybody suddenly starts using them, it's because you've now unlocked these words and phrases and your brain will pay more attention to them. Just to bring up one concrete example, I had this experience with the phrase 真的假的? So that means, is this true or really? And it's very common in certain types of spoken conversations, and I had probably heard it hundreds of times without noticing at all. I thought this was a new expression that was quite rare, as I've never really paid attention to it and never noticed it. And when I finally saw it in a text chat, I realized, oh, this is what this is and this is what it means. And that was an interesting expression. And of course, I started hearing it all the time. And like I said, this was not because people just started using this word after I paid attention to it. It was used all along. It was just that I hadn't unlocked it, as it were. And this is a great example of how reading something in the written form can unlock its spoken counterpart. Online chatting here is useful because, like I said, these types of expressions are rarely written down in your textbook or in other, say, graded readers or other things you might be reading, and so online chatting has a unique advantage here. Number eight, opportunity to look things up. And I mentioned this, this is one of the things you can do with the extra time you have available in a written conversation, but it's important enough to merit its own entry on this list. When you are in a spoken conversation, you rarely have the opportunity to pause the conversation to look something up, and even if you could, it's not always straightforward to go from spoken Chinese to written language, which is of course what's used in dictionaries. And even if you can pause a conversation, such as if you're talking with a tutor or a language exchange partner where the expressed goal is to improve your language ability, it still interrupts the conversation. When chatting online, however, this is very easy. You can look things up smoothly without it interrupting the interaction at all. Number nine, the option to review the conversation later. When having a spoken conversation, you can't go back and check what you said or what someone else said. And there might be many reasons to do that. Maybe you want to look up a word, as we've just said, or you want to make sure if you said something right, or if there was a better way to say something, or you might want to look up something else. So unless you're recording all your spoken conversations, which is very tedious and also dubious from a privacy point of view, text-based chatting has the advantage that you can review the logs whenever you want. And here I want to mention episode 60 again about using voice messaging to learn Chinese, because that allows you to go back and check what you have said and what other people have said, and it has the same benefit in this regard. Next up is number 10, safe behind your screen. Another significant advantage of text-based chatting over face-to-face -face conversations is that it feels safer and much less stressful. If you are an introverted learner like me, or just don't feel ready to talk with someone live, chatting can be a great stepping stone to real conversations, a little bit in the same way as the voice messaging can be the same kind of stepping stone, except writing feels even more safe, because you don't need to record yourself and you don't even need to speak aloud. It's still very close to a spoken conversation, however, you use largely the same words, the same grammar, and so on. And while not identical, it's certainly closer than, say, writing a blog post or a self-presentation or something else. We're getting closer to the end of the list, and this is the penultimate benefit, number 11. Getting to know people and making friends. Even though most people experience less anxiety when chatting online compared to a face-to-face -face conversation, it's still a social activity. You can use your Chinese to build new relationships and get to know new people, or you can use it to maintain relationships you already have and learn more about your friends. 
This has benefits reaching far beyond language learning, of course, but it can also be beneficial for your motivation to learn Chinese. As I've argued in an article on hacking Chinese, you shouldn't walk the road to Chinese fluency alone, and I'll put a link to that article in the description as well. So last but not least, number 12, chatting online can be fun and engaging. While this is highly subjective, of course, many students feel that writing longer texts is less fun and engaging than chatting with someone online. This could be because of factors I've already discussed in this episode, or it could just be because they have more positive associations with chatting online compared with more traditional study activities, such as writing an article or an essay. Having fun is very important when learning Chinese, because if you like something, you will do it more and then you will also learn more. And it doesn't really matter if another method would have been more efficient and would have taught you more if you then also end up using it less because you don't like it. I think this last point is maybe the most important one, because there is a misconception in formal education, and this is shared among students and teachers, that boring methods are good, and that if something is very fun, it cannot really be a serious method for learning something. And there is zero reason to believe that this is the case. Of course, having fun is not your main goal, it also needs to include something that we believe will teach you Chinese. But as long as it does that, having fun is just better, it means you will learn more, and since you also like what you're doing, you will invest more time, which will in turn have even more benefits for your learning results. Okay, so those were 12 reasons why chatting is underrated as a method for learning Chinese. And I hope that I've convinced you that this is something you should indeed try out if you haven't done it already, or it's something you shouldn't regard as something frivolous or unnecessary or a waste of time. It is instead something that can definitely help you improve your reading and writing ability. As we have seen, text-based chatting online has certain unique benefits over more traditional forms of reading and writing, and even over listening and speaking in some cases, but that doesn't mean that you should stop reading and writing normally, of course. For example, bite-sized writing and bite-sized reading are great to get started, but you cannot read enough text if you only read occasional sentences in a text conversation. Instead, you should spend most of your time with extensive reading, which is when you read text you can largely make sense of without a dictionary, and you're reading because you enjoy it or because you're interested in what the text says. The goal is to read a lot, and that doesn't really work in a limited text conversation. The same is true for writing. I think that chatting online is a great way to get started, but if you want to be able to write longer texts in Chinese, obviously you need to practice writing longer texts. This is about much more than writing individual sentences, it's also about structuring the whole text, it is about thinking about what you are writing and writing it in a way so that someone can understand it, even if they are not chatting with you and can ask questions all the time, and much beyond that. If you want my advice for how to improve your writing ability, you can check out episode 28, which was 20 tips and tricks to improve your Chinese writing ability. And with that we wrap up 2023, and I will do a best of 2023 early in 2024, but until then I wish you a happy new year! Thank you for tuning in to the Hacking Chinese podcast. If you like this episode, please share it. More information and inspiration about learning and teaching Chinese can be found at hackingchinese.com. See you in the next episode, and until then, good luck with your studies!